Hello and welcome to Second Look, the show where we pause and re-examine things going on in politics and culture. On today's show, we're talking the 2016 Republican primary. Before we do that, we'll be talking the Outset Podcast Network, what our goals are with this network, and specifically with this show. But before that, I just want to give you a brief word from our sponsor, Octopods. Octopods is an awesome product that gives you charge on the go for your portable devices. And you can find out more information and support the show at octo pod dot com slash outset that's octo dash pod dot com slash outset so why in the world is this show named second look what does that have to do with politics and culture well if you're like me you really like the internet especially maybe twitter and whenever something happens on twitter a whole bunch of people tend to spout off the exact same few points And it goes out to their base, and everyone they know gets really excited about it, and maybe half of Twitter loves it, well then you know the other half of Twitter is going to hate it. Sound familiar? Maybe social media is not your thing. Maybe you like blogs. Well, your favorite blogger just posted this new, awesome, informative, educational, insightful, amazing post. You love it. You share it on Facebook. Oh, wait, we're not doing social media. So you email it to all your friends. But then you go back and you look at the post again and the comments in it. What a nightmare. So what is Second Look? Well, we really want to, just like it sounds, take a second look at issues. So those comments, those opinions on Twitter that everyone's sharing and that are horrible and often hateful and really just entirely counterproductive, that's after the first look. It's the emotional look. You read through something and quite often you're shocked, you might be angry, and you have this knee-jerk reaction. We've all done it. At some point, I I know that I have emailed a story to somebody or tweeted it out all angrily. A specific example from me, when Jeb Bush announced his exploratory committee, I was like, if Jeb Bush is the nominee, I will no longer be a Republican. Well, that was just a knee-jerk emotional reaction. And on this show, those don't exist. We are taking a second look. So, after the emotion fades, after you've had a while to think about things, you take another look, and you can have a calm, measured, rational opinion. Um, You can present a more helpful and useful approach to issues. And... So what can you expect from this podcast? Well, you can expect storytelling. I love narrative journalism, in-depth profiles of people that really tell you the story of an issue from the beginning or of someone's life. And you can expect to find that here. Well, why? Because when you really know the story of something, that's when you begin to understand it. 
Maybe it'll be a foreign policy issue, and we'll talk about the history of the region. Maybe it's um, a cultural story from Hollywood, and we'll talk about the lives of the people involved. But we'll tell the story of the issue so you can get a more informed perspective. And every now and then, in addition to storytelling, we'll also have interviews. And what kind of interviews? Well, not hard-hitting journalism. This is not a journalistic podcast. This is a conversational podcast. I want you to think of me as a real person. You know, I am standing here recording this. I'm wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Yes, that's right. Shorts. It is 85 degrees outside. Yikes. But anyway, uh, I'm a real person. I'm just here talking to you. I want you to picture us sitting down, having a conversation, drinking hot chocolate by a fire. I don't know. Whatever you want. Very informal, not journalistic setting. Uh, So in interviews, the goal won't be trying to um, expound truth or trying to test a candidate or anything like that. It'll be more trying to get to know people. And if they're maybe embroiled in some controversy or maybe they have a story to tell, we'd like to hear the story and hear them explain themselves, get to know them as a person. But also, probably the majority of the content here on Second Look will be commentary. And commentary is very important. There is an abundance of commentary online, like way too much. The beauty of the internet is that everyone has a voice, and yet that's also one of the horrible things about the internet, that every lunatic can have a voice. And so good commentary is sometimes very hard to come by. So here on Second Look, I'll try to share with you my thoughts on things. I like to think that I have a unique perspective, um, and I like to share it. I like to talk to people. So I'm excited to get to know you as a listener and to interact with you and show you more of myself. And what kind of commentary can you expect? Well, talk show radio hosts in particular are very good about getting people fired up about issues and motivated to do things. And that's not what you can expect. TV show hosts, kind of the same thing, but maybe sometimes they try more to... um push their agenda, per se, and that's not quite what you can expect. Well, bloggers are often trying to explore every angle of something. That's a little bit closer. Really, as for what kind of commentary you can expect from me and from Second Look is, like I said before, calm, measured, rational commentary. We especially like to explore angles that other people might not have explored, And we really want to reach a different audience. We want conservatism to appeal to the masses because, in reality, conservatism is awesome. And too often, conservatives are willing to be relegated to this lesser, oh, you all are bigots, you all are racists, and we're willing to put up with that. But that is an utter mischaracterization of everything that conservatism is. And 
we're excited to reach out to people who maybe haven't given any thought to conservatism before, or maybe they have and they've left it behind. And we want to reach out to those people too. So that's a little bit of what you can expect from Second Look. But what about the Outset Podcast Network? What is the point of that? Well, first off, Outset is Young Conservatives bringing insightful commentary. It was founded by Stephen Perkins. He's really awesome. You can find him on Twitter at Stephen with a PH underscore Perkins. Side note. And he and we as a team want to see conservatism, especially young conservative people, represented well on the internet and elsewhere. And it's full of young conservatives and really good, insightful commentary. I don't know if you have been to the website, but it's outsetmagazine.com. Maybe you stumbled upon us by accident. It is awesome. We have an awesome team of content creators, and we're all dedicated to limited government because we all know that the government which governs best governs least. Individual liberty, because we believe that you should have the freedom to live your life without worrying about the government at every step. It's kind of a novel idea, I know, right? Freedom? What? And yet, we also believe in personal responsibility. Even though you should have the freedom to live your life the way you want to live it, you do have responsibilities to the civil society, to your family, to your friends, and we're all about personal responsibility, and also free markets, because we know that no system like the free market has helped so many people escape poverty. And then the Outset Podcast Network. Well, podcasting is, a lot of people are calling it emergent. It's a relatively new technology. It's been around 10 years or so. And it kind of is doing to radio what streaming has done to TV. A lot of people think that podcasting will eventually replace radio. There's a lot of new technology coming out. I'm a little bit of a tech nerd, so that really excites me. But that's not the, what we're talking about here. So back on topic. Podcasting. You can take it with you while you are running, while you are driving to work, while you are flying on an airplane, wherever you are, you can have podcasts with you. So there is really no better way to have content. You know, live radio shows, if you don't tune in at that time, well, you better hope you can catch a replay of it. And if they never replay of it, oops, you missed it. Whereas podcasts, you can download them whenever you want. You can listen to them whenever you want. And it's awesome. Freedom. Yeah, you have the freedom to listen. Huh. And also, one of the best things about podcasts is that it's far more intimate than radio. You may have noticed I'm very informal here. I want you to know that I am a real person, like I said earlier. I think of this as more a conversation with you. So I want to hear back from you, the listener, on social media, on OutsetMagazine.com. In short, second look, different commentary than you're used to finding. Outset, freedom-loving young conservatives. Outset Podcast Network, high-quality podcasts that will reach out to lots of people.
Coming up after the break, you're going to get my thoughts coming into the 2016 Republican primary. But before that, a brief word about our sponsor. Today's episode of Second Look is brought to you by Octopods. If you're a college student like me, you need a lot of technology. And if you're going to be spending all night studying in the library, you'd better hope you either charged up your devices or you brought your power cord. And if you forgot one or both of those things, Octopods has you covered. They have these great products that will charge pretty much any device. And to check it out, make sure you go to octo-pod.com slash outset. That's octo-pod.com slash outset. So, 2016 Republican primary season is officially here. What? Ted Cruz announced his candidacy. Is it just me, or is this really early? It feels early. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I came onto the political scene kind of in 2008. That's really when I started tracking politics, and I was really into that 2008 election. And Twitter didn't really play a major role at all. I had probably heard of it at the time, but I was not a Twitter user, and the campaigns certainly weren't active on it. Now, 2012, we saw a lot of active Twitter usage, and 2016, Ted Cruz announces his candidacy on Twitter. That just feels like a remarkable change in just the last eight years. But anyway, the candidates coming into the primary in no particular order, just whatever comes to mind. Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Rick Perry, Bobby Jindal, Scott Walker, Carly Fiorina, Chris Christie, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, Sarah Palin, Lindsey Graham, Donald Trump, Ben Carson. These are a lot of people. Now, I have some pretty strong opinions about some people on this list, but this is not the time and place for that. Now, a lot of people are saying, with a bench this big, we're going to eat each other alive, like 2012. So we need to unite behind a candidate really early. That way, we don't fall into the same trap we fell into in 2012, where we essentially make the left's argument for them. Now... I strongly disagree with this. I do not think we need to unite behind a a candidate early. I think that's silly and kind of a waste of what the primary is even for. I do believe that we should be very careful not to have our candidates devour one another on the stage because the left and the media will use that against whoever the eventual nominee is, if it does happen. But I think it's perfectly possible to have a spirited, competitive primary without getting nasty. And I think that's what we need. Now, I know that gubernatorial elections are a lot different than presidential elections, but here in Arizona, we just had a gubernatorial election last fall, and the Republican primary had basically six candidates, and three of whom were kind of at the front of the pack the whole time. Well, really, I guess four. But having six candidates in the running led to, just by nature of it, this really spirited primary. There was a lot of 
going back and forth. There were several debates in which the candidates were allowed to address each other. And so there were accusations made. And it was really interesting to watch. But the whole field ended up coalescing after the primary when Doug Ducey won. Everyone kind of just united behind him after he won. And he cruised to election against Fred Duval, the Democratic candidate, who was not challenged in the primary. Now, like I said, I know this is very different than a presidential election because, I mean, we're talking 300 million people and there are way more factors like the Electoral College and everything. But the principle, I feel like, is kind of the same. There was, There's this good, highly qualified Republican field that's probably just going to go at it. And at this point, there's really only one viable Democratic candidate. And even if Hillary Clinton decides not to run, there will likely only be one Democratic candidate, like whoever that may be. And the thing is, here in Arizona, it did not hurt the Republican at all to have a spirited primary. If anything, it strengthened his positions because he was forced to maybe go into a couple more specifics than he wanted to. And some other candidates were weeded out by their poor performance in debates. And I think overall, it was a very good thing for the race to have such an active primary. I keep saying spirited primary because, you know, tempers were high at, at some points, but it Overall, I think it ended up in a stronger Republican nominee with the people of Arizona a little bit more sure about where he stood on things. I firmly believe that it's a good thing for the Republican Party to have so many candidates with presidential ambitions. They come from diverse backgrounds, diverse upbringings, and experience levels and experience sources. And it excites me to think about the potential, you know, that Ben Carson might have these great thoughts on health care and Carly Fiorina might have these great thoughts on what it means to be an executive and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz might have great thoughts on Hispanic relations, specifically with Cuba. And I am very, very excited But the key thing is the candidates have to stay out of personal attacks. Nobody likes attack ads. And nobody wants to vote for a candidate who is mean to the other candidates. What the party really needs to do approaching this primary season is simplify. You know, Republicans, we're talking about how we have the big tent party, but Our platform is this massive thing that, well, you have to think this or this or this or else you're not a real Republican. You're a rhino, Republican in name only, blah, blah, blah. Really, we can all unite on a few key issues and then use that big tent to our advantage as a party. So things like being pro-life. You know, the majority of the American public is moving in a pro-life direction. Let's take advantage of that. Let's make sure that every single candidate that we give a microphone is pro-life. 
economic freedom. We know that nothing lifts people out of poverty like the free market. Nothing ever historically. So let's talk about that. Let's all agree on that. Religious liberty. People should be able to practice their religion uninhibited by the government, especially the federal government. And also, something that's really winning right now is criminal justice reform. It is needed. There are so many people in prisons in the United States. There are way more people in prisons here than anywhere else. And that's crazy. We are the land of the free and the home of the brave, or at least we're supposed to be. So why are, why do we have so many people in prison? Do they all belong there? Probably not. So the Republican Party should focus on these four things, being pro-life, criminal justice reform, religious liberty, economic freedom. And let's just say that every single candidate we nominate has to have those four things. And then beyond that, let's use their diverse backgrounds to our advantages. They are gifted messengers. Each one of these people, even if they don't come from a political background, they have an audience who loves them, who's passionate about them. And let's use these messengers to our advantage as a party. Let's get more ideas in the field, get new ideas in the field. We can show the American people that we truly are the party of new ideas. Now, as far as strategy for specific candidates, I have one thing to say. Be real. This, arguably, is the thing that hurt Mitt Romney the very most in the 2012 election. He seemed aloof. His wealth, his demeanor, it, he always seemed separate from voters. Now, there's a, there was also all this data collection stuff going on, and that's something that's not to be ignored. That gave the Obama team a huge advantage. But Republicans probably would have performed better in 2012 if the presidential candidate had felt real. He felt distant on TV, and I don't mean any of this as me hating on Mitt Romney. I thought he was a great guy, but at the same time, I felt like I didn't really know him. So be real, candidates. Show, your, show us your true self. We want to know who you are. We want to have a personal connection with the President of the United States, and we have the technology to do so. What are we doing right here? We're having a conversation. Candidates, start a podcast. Get your message out there to people who want to hear it. Help us develop a better understanding of who you are as a person. Now, you, the listener, I don't know if you've ever seen Journeys with George, but that is something that really opened my eyes to how different people can be in public and in private. It came from George W. Bush's campaign. And I believe it was actually Nancy Pelosi's daughter who made this video, so I'm sure she didn't vote for him. But this video series, I guess you could call it a documentary, is just really about the campaign and who George W. Bush is as a person, not as a candidate. And he is just so much more likable. Regardless of what you think of the Bush presidency, if you've watched this thing, it's hard not to come away liking the guy. And now we have the technology that a candidate can do that while he's campaigning. 
you can go write a blog post every single day about something interesting that happened to you that day and what you think about it or make a podcast or do all these things with new media and social media to help us know who you are. So candidates, please do that. Now, this is to both candidates and the party. Above all, cling to the Constitution. The Constitution is the only thing that will unite all Americans. You know, something we need now, maybe more than ever in this country's history, is compromise. We are so divided. The Constitution itself was birthed in compromise, so it's only fitting that we'll need to compromise to save it. Cling to the Constitution. Help people see how important it is to govern by the Constitution. On top of that, treat people as more than a dollar sign. Poor people don't just want to hear your plans to lift the poor out of poverty. They want to hear about your plans to help them. People are people. People are not dollar signs or statistics. We need to talk to people, not at people. And also, don't let the media control the message. The moment you let your message get hijacked by the media is the moment you start to lose. Thanks so much for listening to this first episode of Second Look. I'm your host, Benjamin Green, but you can call me Benj, B-E-N-J. You can follow me on Twitter at BGreenAZ. Make sure, of course, to follow Stephen Perkins at Stephen underscore Perkins. He is a man with a plan. Check OutsetMagazine.com. Follow Outset on Twitter at OutsetMagazine. Like us on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite app. But it would do us a huge favor if you would go and rate this podcast on iTunes. That helps us gain a lot of exposure. Thank you and have a great week.